Well, hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, this is Lynette Wolf. And Brian Wolf. We're the Wolf Couple. <laughs> oh. Yes, that's obligatory. We are, we are so excited to have you um, on this fourth Monday of every month, the alumni call. So um, make sure that you're on the correct call. This alumni call is just for advanced students who have already been to the Quick Start Real Estate School. So if you have not been to the Quick Start Real Estate School, uh, you should not be on this alumni call. I'm not sure how you got the code. But uh, it's every, every fourth Monday, Brian and I do this alumni call for Ron, um, and it is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, obviously, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to mark your calendars. You don't want to miss any of these fourth Monday calls, the alumni calls. And remember that... Um, if you want to participate, which we love questions, and uh, some of you sent in some leads, hit star six to get into the queue for any questions. Um, or if you sent in a lead sheet, hit star six, okay? And most of you guys know about us. Uh, if you've been to the Quick Start, of course, you've met us. We're at all of the Quick Start real estate schools, so we have met you guys. And uh, we want to do anything we can to help spur you on to success. So we're here for you, and this call is all about getting your questions answered. A lot of times because you guys are alumni and have been out there a little bit doing the business, sometimes when we get calls uh, from just the Gold Club call, uh, folks haven't been out there really doing anything, so they don't really know the right questions to ask. But many times you guys uh, have specific questions that are very important to get the right kind of answers on. And uh, there's key moments in this business. There's key moments where a deal is made or lost. And sometimes the right words of advice uh, are very important at those crucial moments. So we want you guys on these calls, and uh, we love getting on these calls and helping you guys with whatever you need help with. That's right. We are very excited. And um, we actually are heading um, over to Alaska Tomorrow morning, uh, we're going over to Ketchikan, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun with Ron LeGrand and um, some um, and Global Publishing, our family. Some and, of you guys uh, on the call might be joining us, actually. And some lucky students that are on the call right here are probably coming. Um, some of the master students who are coming up to Ketchikan uh, with us, Salmon Falls, and um, we're yeah, really super special. excited about that. We're going to go kill some fish. <laughs> that's what Ron says. Hey, guys, you know, uh, I don't know where, what level you are, and some of you are mentors or you've just been to Quick Start or you're mentors or you're masters or whatever. Remember, there's some really good uh, continuing education uh, the Global provides at different levels, uh, you know, with the mentoring and having a person there and the master's program and the extra training there. And, uh, you know, so, you know, take advantage of that if you're in that position. Uh, just remember there's more to learn, and, you know, the more you learn, the more you earn. Yes. <laughs> and I know that uh, you guys have all seen us at the Quick Start Real Estate School. We met Ron LeGrand um, almost 15 years ago, and uh, we live in Arizona. So we do the business with our, um, our boys. Um, we have three local acquisitionists. So for those of you that might be new, maybe you went to Quick Start a long, long time ago and didn't remember everything, I thought I'd give you a quick update there. Um, so you know who you're talking to, Lynette and Brian Wolf. We do have some people in the queue already, honey. Um, before I go ahead and pull up questions from the queue, I did want to mention one more quick thing, is that um, we have the 
uh, Quick Start alumni, um, that alumni meeting is coming up in Jacksonville, Florida in August. That's right. And since everybody on this call, the, call, the name of the call is the alumni call, and you guys have the right to be on this call because you've been to the Quick Start, and you have the right to come to this alumni event. And what's cool about the alumni event is um, it's a much smaller um, group of uh, students uh, who have been there, you go to the Quick Start Real Estate School, then you go out in the real world and you start to implement things. And that's where you run into roadblocks and obstacles and so forth. So Ron Legrand created this alumni, and of course me and Brian are there. We're at all of Ron's events helping teach alongside with him. So at the alumni is where you're going to go ahead and hone in on some of those roadblocks and obstacles. And of course me and Brian are going to be there trying to make you some money because we love doing closing calls with your seller. So Make sure to bring in lead sheets as well. That's August 24th and 25th in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's only 250 bucks. That's well worth it just for, for the Iggy's dinner right there. So, <laughs> um, right. And then what precedes it is our Taking Action uh, workshop. Now, that is incredible. August 22nd, 23rd, it precedes the alumni. Ron Legrand was the one that asked us to create this uh, Taking Action workshop. You want to tell them about that, honey? Yeah, he was saying, I'm teaching everybody how to do the business, and they're learning it at the quick start. They're not always going out and taking action and really doing it, doing the business. And so we created the Taking Action Workshop, and uh, it really is two intense days with just Lynette and I, and it's all about the business and all about your potentially personal obstacles to getting things done. And we look at your habits and we look at some things and some th mental and emotional things that may be holding you back, but also very practical things, you know, your habits, your daily habits, uh, ways to break out of maybe some unproductive behaviors uh, and be more successful. That's what we're all about, guys, getting you successful. And so... Uh, That's right. And we also go over the 30 top negotiation techniques. Um, and help you overcome, you know, what to say and how to say it and anything to do with uh, fear of the phone. Um, it's just awesome. Um, it is a life-changing event, definitely, and that's free for all of you guys. It's free on August 22nd, 23rd at the same hotel in Jacksonville, Florida, as the alumni. Yes, so make sure. sure to call Tracy um, at our office and get signed up for the alumni and, of course, call Global Publishing. I mean, call Global Publishing to get signed up for the alumni and the taking action, you can let Global know that as well. So now uh, with that being said, guys, obviously one of the things, we give out five actual little lessons, little actual assignments at the quick start. And uh, I used to give out four, and then I thought of the fifth one, and it just was very important. It was important enough to be list-worthy, and that is you should always have your next event planned on the schedule somewhere. So you should know this is going to keep your head in the game. If you don't know the next event, next real estate investing seminar or some kind of event, even if it's a, a two-day or and there's plenty of one days that you can see Ron at and different things like that, if you don't have something on the schedule, go on the Gold Club or go on you know the website and figure out what's coming up and try to get something on the schedule. It will keep you focused on doing what you need to be doing. And networking, honey, oh my goodness, so many students that we come across the past 15 years since we've been with uh, Ron Legrand, there's so much great networking going on at these events, you guys. Right. And guys, the Quick Start, obviously, since you're all alumni for the Quick Start, the most you'd have to pay for four more whole days of training with Ron and us is how much? 
250 bucks only. So that's 500 yeah. bucks. The alumni is 250 bucks, but if you come back to the Quick Start Real Estate School, that's only 500 bucks. Oh yes. And that's yes. only if you haven't been. If you've been in the last year, you can come back for free. So if you if you're looking for something to put on your schedule, the Quick Start School is is obviously you know the basics and and getting back to that is always great and bring leads. Because guess what? Me and Lynette are at all those, and we're calling your leads. The whole time, the first night, we were calling your leads, making deals. You know what? It's shocking to me, as we've looked back, how many people's first deal came from bringing a lead to that event and us working it and it turning into a deal. And one of our mentors, Ralph, I did not even realize this for like a year and a half after he even became a mentor, and he told us that his first deal came from that, and I, I was very surprised. I just was surprised because I, I didn't know that. It, it didn't shock me because we do it all the time. Um, so it's great to see that. So bring leads to these events for sure. And if you're coming to this alumni event, we're working leads there. So bring leads. Absolutely. Okay, um, honey, we got our first person in the queue is uh, Kathy. Um, Kathy, you are in the queue. Hi, Lynette. Um, Kathy's here. Hi, Kathy. Hi, hi Brian. Hi, um, Kathy. Tell everybody where you're from, even though we know. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, and a little while ago I faxed over a lead sheet. I don't know. Did you get it there? Why don't you give us the basic facts? First of all, what's the ARV or what's the market value if it's in perfect condition right now? Um, well, it's kind of a wreck. So, so I was right. thinking so maybe... So what would be the after-repaired value if it's all fixed up? Well, the house next door, which looks exactly like it, is pending and it was listed at 340 so I'm going to you know take a wild guess and guess it maybe it's sold for 330 or something like that now are these basically yeah. the same uh, you know house same square footage right next to each other yes okay all right so that gives us something to work with um, have you looked up anything is this house for sale currently yeah for sale by owners there's a sign out in front and I called but, the guy this afternoon New. Okay. And how much are they asking? Well, he was he said 265 and then I said if I give you all cash and close quickly, what's the least you would take? And he said 235. Uh and then I looked up some comps and he's Okay, Kathy, you did a great job with that line. You said the line perfectly. If I paid you all cash and close quickly, What's the least you'll take or what's the least you'll accept, you guys? You got, everybody has to speak in a way they're most familiar with and feels most comfortable. Some people like to talk in a way that sounds a little fancier, and people like to say, oh, what's the least you'd accept? And I actually uh, sort of lean towards that a little bit sometimes, and then sometimes depends on who you're talking to, really. So if you're talking to someone, if I'm talking to a work-for-equity tenant, uh, buyer who looks good a lot of times you know they're in the trades and they want to fix this house up but and uh, you know they're a little rough around the edges maybe and so you talk to them uh, and you drop your you know perfect language and and you just communicate with them on that level uh, now with this deal here uh, if you're trying to get uh, you, you've talked to the seller already then yeah and he went down to 335 no, two thirty-five. Two thirty-five. 
So when you said, now what I said, you, the best thing you said there was you followed the script was what's the least you'll take or you'll, you'll accept. And then, uh, but you did, did you follow it up with the famous seven words? What's the famous seven words, Lynette? That's right. Is that the best you can do? That's right. So he went down from 265 to 235, and then uh, that's very good. What did you find out about the house? Uh, you know, so you think we, we're thinking, let's be generous and say 340, 350. Okay, especially, yeah. uh, let's say 350. Okay, because we, we have to work our Mayo formula. If we're buying this for only cash, uh, well, that's how, that's what we have to find out about the deal. So now you got price. Now, did you ask him if he would entertain doing something with terms? Yes, and he said no because he it's an estate sale. It was his father's, and he has siblings, and they just want to cash out of it. Okay, that's pretty common on inherited properties. Sometimes uh, uh, some of our students will actually go to list and use the list of inherited properties. And sometimes that can be productive, but the challenge here is usually, or a lot of times you're dealing with multiple heirs. And if you're dealing with multiple heirs, you've got to get a whole bunch of people on the same page sometimes. And that's pretty rough if you're asking them to wait for money. And so usually, if you, however, if you have a lone heir, uh, sometimes that's, you know, that's a really good deal. So um, so he needs to cash out. So did you work your mail formula on this, Kathy? No, I didn't. I, um, I haven't seen the inside of it, so it's hard to know uh, what, repairs? what the number would be in terms of repairs. But I what did... What does the outside look like? How bad does the outside look? It's a nice brick house. The, the landscaping is nice. It has a two-car garage. It does look like it needs a new roof. The shingles are a little wavy. Um, the, uh, what did the seller uh, say about the condition of the house? Did he, he have any guess on the repairs or anything like that? He said it needs a total renovation. Okay. Um, his, his father hasn't done anything to it for the last 20 years. Okay, so that could be pretty considerable, actually. Yeah, that could be. It, it, meaning it needs a whole lot of repair. Yeah, well, and, uh, okay, so let's just look at, let's do a little guesswork because this is a cash sale only. Uh, we need to come up with cash. Now, this is kind of confusing sometimes to people. When do I use the Mayo formula and when don't I? And with the pretty house world, you never use it. You're, you're getting financing. It's only when you're paying cash. But sometimes, uh, you know, you'll pay cash. Anytime you pay cash, we're looking at Mayo. So let's say 340. Uh, you've got a calculator. Or I might try to do this in my head. So it's uh, 340 times 70%. So what's that? That's 210, uh, 28, 238 uh, minus repairs which, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot. Uh, so let's say, I don't know, even if we were pretty conservative and said about 40,000 repairs, the Mayo would be 200. Now, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's not a deal here. Sometimes you, you do the best you can on, on a house like this, like Ugly House, maybe 235 isn't so bad, uh, and you get it under contract, 
but you don't do you don't take it any further. You try to find somebody to wholesale it to. Have you ever done rehabs before, Kathy? Yes, and I don't want to again. <laughs> That's right. the first and last time, right? Well, the it's thing is... It's possible um, with the heat of the market right now that if you can get this under contract, and maybe you made all your money there with that one question when you got them to go from 265 to 235, maybe you go get it under contract, and, uh, you know, and maybe when you get out and see them in person, you, you know, and you actually get eyes on the house, you can beat them up a little bit more on the price and say, geez, this thing really needs more than I thought. You know, can't you do, uh, you know, like 220 or I don't know. Try, you can try to get them down. I don't want you to necessarily wreck the deal. Uh, but, you know, try to get them down a little bit more. Maybe you can get it for 230 220 something like that. So if you can do that, then I would want you to uh, take pictures and either put it up there as a handyman. Well, you don't have financing on it, so you can't do a handyman special. You have well, no. Yeah, I mean the handyman would have to come in with cash, right? So you need handyman special, cheap cash won't last. Yes, so this is a wholesale deal, and you've got to find a wholesale buyer and uh, and just try to get more than what you got it under contract for. Now the thing is that you know sometimes people are nervous about getting a contract and that, but this is uh, the nice thing about this is essentially other than the 10 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever you're going to give them uh, as down. Now, sometimes like, because yeah. that's a cash deal, they want more down. Sometimes they want like a grand or something like that down. And remember, that money is definitely at risk. But if you, you know, try to keep them to 10 bucks or 100 bucks, uh, if you get it under contract, then you got to shop it around and see who you can find who wants to do this that's right. rehab. Ryan, let, let me take it from here. So basically um, what we're saying is go ahead and put it under a purchase and sale contract um, and take it to the marketplace, run the handyman special ad, cheap cash won't last. See if you can get a wholesale buyer that will pay you a little bit more than, than you bought it for. You're not even in the chain of title. You just um, sign um, the assignment of contract. And uh, we've had a lot of students, you know, make five, ten, fifteen. We have students make over two hundred thousand dollars on an assignment of contract. What I would probably, uh, if you had to put a number on it, and you know, if you were at two forty nine nine, uh, and you got it for two thirty five, that'd be a nice, quick uh, piece of money, and uh, not that hard. So if you can get it under contract for two thirty five or potentially less, like I said, right now you should be lining up the appointment to go see it or get inside however you have to, you know, whatever you have to arrange to get inside. This is a, this is a potentially a good deal. Get it under contract, take it to the marketplace, yeah. right? Anytime you guys find a deal that does not follow Ron's formula, guess what? Does the whole world follow Ron's formula? Oh, yeah, pretty you, much. But, I mean, the thing is, the formula is close enough where you should take yeah. it to the market. And so what you do is you just get it under contract and then try to just do a wholesale, and a lot of times people will pay – even if you're only making five grand or something, I mean, it's it's more than what you paid. And if you can't find anybody to pay you more than what you paid, then you just you lose ten dollars. Your deposit. Yeah. Yeah, I would okay, get this Kathy, under contract as soon. This was a great question, Kathy. Um, I think that we were able to elaborate quite well on that. Do you yep. feel confident to move forward now? Uh, no. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Instead of giving him ten dollars, can I give him? A, some kind of proof of funds letter? Sure, yeah, I, you can do... No, you have to give him consideration, though. I mean, part of the contract, the you, money, must, is, you must hand him some kind of money. Yeah. Uh, I, you could give him a, one penny, 
Right, but she, honey, she's asking if she needs to do um, now, a proof of funds letter with the ten dollars earnest right. money. Now, if Is you're right? talking, here's the thing: if you're talking to banks, if you're buying anything from a bank or an institutional lender, they're going to want to see proof of funds, or they're not going to get serious about your offer. Um, so a lot of times they expect you to send in proof of funds with your offer. Um, but when you're talking to a private individual, a lot of times they're not going to ask for that. And if you want to provide it and if you have it and you think it makes you more, look more credible, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with showing them that. Uh, but, again, uh, you, when you show them that, then he's thinking, oh, they can just close on this for cash so, you know, I, I, I'm not crazy about showing that to people unless they ask for it. Well, or, and or like you said, honey, if, essentially if you're if doing a whole question deal, about your, if, you're, if you're battling credibility challenges, and that's not always you. Sometimes it's them. Sometimes they're just suspicious or whatever. So, okay. Yeah, so good point. Um, by the way, you can get a free proof of funds letter um, if you go to besttransactionfunding.com. So that's a okay. free proof of funds letter called besttransactionfunding.com. Did you get that, Kathy? Uh, yeah, that sounds good, besttransactionfunding.com. Um, and the reason I wanted to do a proof of funds letter instead of $10 is because I was thinking he wouldn't <laughs> take $10. That that doesn't seem like enough earnest money to – um, well, here's the thing. The right here, it's going to come down to you got to write something in space number one on the contract. Now, on a cash offer, it's pretty easy to do because you're basically just writing the purchase price and you're writing something under the deposit. So it's relatively easy to fill out the, our normal contract on a purchase. But you have to write something in there that he has received consideration from you. And we actually had one of our students, and this was a sad deal, that they did not give him consideration. He didn't sign there on the bottom of the second page of the purchase and sale contract that he received consideration because he never got him the $10. And that, and that guy, because later he wanted to get out of it, that was enough you know, for him to make a big deal out of it and, and uh, get out of it. So it's real important that you guys do dot your I's and cross your T's on certain things, and that's when it comes to the contract. You need to give them some kind of consideration. That's a vital part of the legal transaction. So no messing around. Uh, I don't care. Seriously, if, if you write in one penny there and hand them a, a, a little Lincoln penny, that's enough. But they have to get some kind of consideration. Now, we tend to, when we know we're going to buy a house, we pretty much know it. And so sometimes, you know, Ron always says you can do 10 bucks, and you guys can always do 10 bucks. Sometimes we think 10 bucks seems uh, potentially a little unprofessional. Maybe not, you know, and it depends on the seller and that. But we will usually write them for a hundred. Now we have some students who like to write them for a thousand. Well, uh, no, that's with the real estate agents, right, yeah, honey? Yeah, and sometimes you, they'll, the seller will ask for more, and you know, sometimes you'll do it. It's not that big of a deal. You're going if you're going to give them a little bit down anyway. Uh, but uh, so just I, w I would get going on that deal though, and that's the whole thing. We want you guys just getting out there with a contract and seeing what happens. I mean, if you're out there. And, and you have an idea of what you're going to do with this, uh, you know, you should get, get it under contract. Like, pull the fish in the boat. Guys, guess what? We have a whole thing uh, this Wednesday, a video coming out about using fishing analogies. And sometimes you've got this guy already at a number that is good enough to get him under contract. 
And so now it's just a matter of time and getting them into the boat as quick as possible, which means getting them to sign that contract. Okay, got it. I'm going to give $10 a shot and see if he'll go for it. All right. That's that's good. All right. right. Thanks, Brian and Lynette. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Good job, Kathy. Okay. Okay, the next person in the queue, we have quite a few in the queue here, um, is uh, Stephen. And uh, your name and where you're from, please. Hi there. This is Stephen Kern from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Doing well What do you have for us tonight? Got a question of what you said, something at the top of the program. Uh, Brian, you said that uh, point number five was uh, always – have your next class or event on your schedule, and you said that uh, you wanted to add that to the four other things that you always say at the Quick Start uh, class. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Yes, so we can do the four well, other things. Yeah, you want to run through those, here. honey? He got you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, honey? Do you, uh, let's see if Lynette remembers them all. All right, so (laughs) number one, um, the first thing, remember you always need your three-line bio. So if you haven't done your three-line bio, do you want to explain what that is real fast? Actually, uh, there's a few things that you want to do with your bio. Uh, That's something that you use to build rapport, and everybody should have a brief explanation of who they are on on as a real estate investor. And so whether it's a couple of sentences or two or three sentences, no longer than about 15 seconds, where you just let people know who they're dealing with. And a lot of times people need to know. They don't know if you're a hedge company or if you're some big firm, like a real estate investing firm downtown or what, what, what or who you are. All they know is the voice on the phone and the words coming out of your mouth. So you should have a really nice little two- or three-sentence thing that you say to people that lets them know who you are, and you're not pretending you're something you're not. You're, guys, you're all mom-and-pop organizations. You know, I mean, maybe you have an, an acquisitionist or something, but you're not some big, huge company out there, hedge fund buying things. And so that's a plus for you. I mean, that makes you be you know, more personal in that. And so it should be something about your ties to the area, like I grew up here, or, hey, your house that we're talking about is right down the street from where we always used to hang out at the Burger King in high school, and, or whatever, some nice tie to the area or the house, something like that, geographic. And then something about what you do for a living normally is always great. Uh, if, you know, and something that makes you sound credible is always important on that. And then, uh, and then I want you to say something about real estate investing, but something like, uh, you know, not I do, I do real estate investing on the side. Something like I also do real estate investing. Oh, let and, me run through um, these uh, four things. Number okay, one. It's something like that and how you like to help people, that's always good. So that's one of the things. Um, another, go ahead, honey. Okay, I just want to run through those five things. Number one, study your notes. So when you get home uh, from any event, you want to study the notes. Okay, I know you're taking really good notes. Number two, also, do your... I mean, take notes from this call. Take notes from every time you are exposed to training, be taking notes. And honestly, part of your uh, schedule, which I'm going to talk about next, is studying. I mean, maybe one to two hours a week, exposing yourself to you know the materials you already have probably. I mean, so then... The next thing is your schedule. So study is, is 
Okay, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, number two is your schedule. Number three is your bio. Number four is put together packets. Number five is the next event. So let me elaborate on one through five. Did you get all five of those? Number one was uh, three. The, the bio, uh, study the notes. Uh, what do you mean by schedule? Schedule. You're going to make your schedule real. We want to have one hour a day where you pick a time. Well, you don't have to, depending on your lead flow, you don't necessarily have to do an hour a day, but we want you to average seven to ten hours a week. So especially in the beginning, and everybody should be thinking, and I like to go over these numbers just so people can sort of stay on track with this. And so you'll hear me repeat this frequently, uh, the basic, sort of the basic numbers of this business. And the basic numbers of this business is finding 7 to 10 hours a week and actually making it into a schedule. The busier you are, the more you need to incorporate it as a schedule and actually write it out. I like to actually have people write it out and post it on their wall or on their bulletin board so they see it and can stick to it. it that's, what, that's where you will not be successful. If you are, I mean, it's not 100% guaranteed you're going to be successful at anything in life, including this. And the, if you somehow stray off the path, it's because you didn't stick to your schedule. So something is, you know, if, so long as you keep working 7 to 10 hours a week and keeping your focus, you're going you're gonna to eventually be successful. Uh, you know, George Washington said, I recommend to you what I endeavor to practice for myself, persist, patience and persistence. And so uh, that's a great saying, honey. So just stay, sticking with it and sticking to the to the schedule is is really crucial. Uh, so the bio, the schedule, the studying, and then making these buying packets. This is important because I want you guys ready to buy a house. And you know, right now, do you have the paperwork prepared? Where if you talk to a seller this afternoon, could you go out tonight and be totally ready to buy a house? And if you, if you don't say yes to that, then that needs to change. You need to have some buying packets ready where even if you don't have anything filled out. Now, I will tell you that I like a professional approach, and I would rather have you type in all the numbers on your paperwork. Remember, these are, these are Word files. So if you have the standard purchase and sale agreement, you can type in you know, your name and their name and everything that has to be in there, including all the numbers. looks more professional that way. But even if you don't, even if you drive out with a blank, you know, all the little blanks on the contract, with just, it's just printed blank, you can write this stuff in as you talk about it at the house, and you can, you know, you have a shot of getting this thing done. So uh, that's, uh, that if, if you have these buying packets ready to go, your brain's going to say, why am I making these <laughs> up to buy houses? And it's because you're going to go buy houses. And so that's the answer to that. And then the number five was get something on the, on the schedule for an event. You know, I mean, figure out the next event you're coming to. Uh, that just kind of keeps you looking forward to, you know, I'm going to be at that and I'm going to talk to everybody. And, you know, sometimes you want to do a deal before that event. Sometimes that's a motivator. You know, I want to go in there and I want to – trust me, if you guys do a deal – we're going to have you on stage. If you want to come up on stage and tell us about a deal, you are welcome to come up and talk about it. I, that's how Ron got to know me and got to know us. Is I just Every time we came to an event, we were coming to a lot of stuff. Uh, I would bring a bunch of deals, and I'd have little you know, visual aids and pictures and everything. And, and uh, so that's how I kind of got to know Ron a lot, got, you know, got to spend time with him. So those are the five things. Great question. 
those things will all help you guys uh, get more success faster. That's the whole thing. That's Great question, Stephen. Appreciate it there very much. I have another question about something else you just now said also. Uh, we're talking about you having a, uh, another video that's going to be released. Where may we find the videos that you guys are releasing? Well, you can always YouTube people. So if you just go to YouTube, that's where you'll see Ron the Grand and us doing a lot of live seller calls and so forth. So that's what we Fantastic. were talking about. Yeah. I'm, I'm already doing that, and I uh, see you guys, uh, watch you guys often, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something else. Thank you so much for all you guys do. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Okay, next in the queue, we have, we have Marie. How are you doing? Or is this Eric? No, this is Marie. Hi, Marie. Marie. Tell them where you're from. We are from Pennsylvania. Hello, hello. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? I'm from yes. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I can hear you, Pennsylvania. And what was your question tonight? Um, okay, well, I have a deal. I think I sent you guys this lead sheet, not today, but uh, previously. Yes, in the past. Uh huh. I've been talking to a gentleman named Matt. He has a home uh, in a nice development, nice area. He's actually behind um, on his mortgage payments. He said about $10,000. That was at the beginning of the month, so maybe more now. Um, I want to call him back and, and uh, you know, try to uh, get this one wrapped up here and get a contract on it. But we're thinking, obviously, we're going to have to make up this $10,000 and get this mortgage current, and that will have to be done out of our buyer's option deposit that they pay on the home. However, um, he stands to be getting about $39,000 in equity um, if we do this deal. So how can I, how do I put this to him in conversation? What do I say to uh, get around to this and say, you know, dude, can you pay this back at closing? Um, well, basically, so he's, he's in a rearage and it's $10,000 to bring it current and you're going to buy the house for what he owes and $10,000 in his equity. Well, we're not buying the house for what he owes. He's asking two forty-five. Um, the, the numbers on this, as far as the R, are not—I don't know. It's hard to tell. Zillow's saying two eighty. Total View Real Estate saying two sixty-nine. Uh, I did a, a couple comps. I got two seventy-three, all the way up to three hundred six. So <laughs> it's all over the map. Um, all right, let's call it two eighty. 280, okay. Yeah, 280. What kind of shape is it in now? He said, uh, where's my repairs? Um, He said minimal repairs. Um, Okay. Uh, And uh, so what's the financing available then? uh, You mean what, what does he own it? Yeah. Oh, um... He owes, he's got a bank mortgage, he owes one ninety one, and he owes 15000 to a family member. So that's two oh six. Okay, so the one ninety one is the mortgage you're making up where he owes 10000 Yeah. And then the family member, is he making payments on that? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I did not think they asked him that. I is, think- is that a lien against the property? Because you're not taking on that. 
No, no. Um, okay, so you're saying that we should only have to pay the 191. Well, you're you what? Yeah. Now you're catching up 10,000 of payments, and is your agreement basically? Does he understand you're taking over that mortgage subject too, and you're just going to start making payments on that, and it's going to stay in his name indefinitely? Uh, I believe so. He he said uh, he's agreeable to at least purchase. I can't remember. Uh, okay, well, you're not making up a bunch of payments on a mortgage for a lease purchase. So your oh. name has to be on the house for you to do this deal if you're going to make up the payments. Guys, that's a lesson for everybody. Be very careful how much money you put into a lease purchase because they could back out of it. Uh, and also, if you don't, if all the, you know, if everything doesn't line up perfectly, you can miss out on your back-end payday as well. So you want to own these houses. Uh, it's a lot easier to negotiate a little bit more time on a balloon payment than another renewal of a lease period, uh, especially if the house has increased in value or you've done any kind of work. And now you've caught, if you catch up his mortgage, ten grand. Uh, you know, I, you need to explain to him that you guys need to buy the house and own the property. Uh, and then, okay. you know, this 39, so if you're making up this 10, does he expect that equity right away? You said 39,000. Is he willing to wait for that? Yeah. Okay. So basically you just need to come up with 10 grand, catch up the mortgage, uh, and make sure, listen, you better check the title and make sure that family member didn't file a lien against the property uh, because yeah. that could be a headache. And uh, That's a really good point, Brian. You know, just make sure that that thing's cleared. And, and whatever, the fact that this is even brought up to you uh, makes me suspect that somehow it, it's messed up with the house. So, uh, you know, definitely you may have to get a release from that uh, relative just to, just to be sure. So then you make the payments on on the 191, and then he and then as long as he understands that he's not getting the 39 or anything until he cashes out, uh, are you trying to say now if he knows he's getting 39 cash when he cashes out, uh, I wouldn't agree to pay all the closing costs for sure. Um, what what was your other question about that? Well, I was just wondering, you know, can we have him reimburse us for that ten grand at the end of the deal when we cash out? Can he yeah, so as, as it's written right now for the purchase price that you guys are agreeing to on this house, you're agreeing to pay blank, plus you're agreeing to pay the 10000 to catch up the mortgage, and the per, total purchase price, what it equals, will eventually equal 39000 to him. Now, what you want to write in there is that out of uh, let's see out of seller out of seller's final proceeds uh, buyer will be reimbursed all funds required to um, to to catch up the mortgage to reinstate the mortgage. Okay. Something like that. Oh. Now now you could write that right on the contract. Sometimes people want addendums and. If you want to make a whole addendum that basically says that, you could do that. Or sometimes you don't want to draw that much attention to it. But this one, you obviously have to make that clear if you're going to do it that way. But, see, now, the thing is then you would, if you think this thing through, if you ask to, to get this 10 back, 
you're asking him to give you the house for $10,000 less than, see, if, right. he, he can't reimburse you for this money right now, but if he reimburses you out of the back end, then basically you're buying the house for 10000 less. If he understands that, then, uh, you know, then that would be good. So well, That was my next question. Well, you know, why don't I just ask him? I don't know why it didn't occur to me before. Why, you know, can we drop the price of the house ten grand, and let's make the price two thirty-five instead of two forty-five, and then the ten grand's taken care of right up front. Uh, yeah, and and then uh, right, he's not getting it anyway. But basically, then he has to understand he's only getting twenty-nine. Either way, he has to understand he's only getting twenty-nine on the back. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you know. Depending on, you know, other factors, I don't know. I mean, what do you think you can sell this house for? It, let's say 280 but, you know, two, if a house is worth 280 guys, sometimes in a hot area you can get 299 in one weekend very easily, and sometimes, you know, 289 is as much as you feel like you can push it. Uh, but you said you saw a comp at 306 if you saw a comp at 306, I kind of like the 280 range because pretty much you can yeah. push it right to the limit, which is the limit is 299.9. So long as it doesn't have a three in it, uh, I think you're probably <laughs> safe if you get the financing going for that. And now, if you have to come up with the 10 down and you're asking 300, obviously, just as a rule of thumb, you would like to get uh, about 10% down, but you know, right. your area will dictate different results. So sometimes if you have a $300,000 house, you can for sure get 15 and a lot of times get 20 and sometimes get 30. But, you know, I would think you're for sure going to get 20, which is going to be able to, you know, reimburse you for the 10. Uh, and, you know, depending on what's the is, – is somebody living in this house? Yes, he's still living there. Okay. Uh, is it – and you don't know, uh, other than cosmetic, you don't know how it shows. You you haven't been inside this house yet? No, I have not. Okay. All right. Well, see how it shows. The other thing, guys, is when you are doing the pretty house business and getting financing from people, uh, it's sometimes nice. You don't want to have vacancy if you can help it. And uh, sometimes if people are still living in the house, which you'll find often, you'll find less often in the ugly house world, more often in the pretty house world, they're still in there. And if it shows pretty good, I want you guys to get this uh, property showing agreement uh, it's, uh, or just sign something with them that, that indicates that they've let you show the property to people. Uh, and it's, you know, now if their big hot button was they didn't want any hassles and they hated realtors because they had to, like, show the house, don't even ask this, okay? But, but if they are okay with it, it would be nice to have it already sold before they move out. And plus you don't have to stage it or fix it up if it already looks good with their stuff in there. So, uh, you know, but then you've got to decide after you go in there if that's worth it or not. A lot of times people's houses don't look that great. They don't show that great, and you don't have confidence that they're going to fix it up before you go over there. So you just wait for them to move out, and then you either sometimes sell it as a work for equity uh, if you don't want to put in the money. But a lot of times you put in the five grand or you know two grand to three grand, four grand, whatever, to do the four basic things, which is flooring, interior paint, front yard landscaping, and countertops. 
I like to do something nice with the countertops. Uh, so those four things is kind of your pretty house uh, quick fix. We call it a polish. And sometimes, like I said, you can get away for a few thousand or less, but you can ask about 20 more grand for the house. So if you do yeah, this, yeah. So your choice is to do the polish and get about 20 grand more, or you can do zero money down and just do a work for equity buyer who does the polish basically on their own. Yeah. Now in a house like this, when you're in this price range up 280 like that, I would probably, you know, if you have the time and and uh, the cash to do it, I'd probably spend the few thousand it took to do those four things. Again, those four things, guys: flooring, interior paint front yard landscaping, and countertops. Um, so if you can do those four things relatively cheap, and that, those are going to be people on your dream team, people who can do that cheap, you've got to find those people. Uh, and you can, if you can get people, a, a crew together that can do that in a couple of days, and you say, hey, i got another house, go do your stuff, mm-hmm. and they're done in a couple of days, and by the weekend, you're all of a sudden you've got an open house and you sold it. So uh, a lot of times it's worth it if you can do that. And on a house like this, I probably would, you know, probably would do that. But you got to see how what kind of shape it is once you go in there. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you think if you can get 299, and your purchase price is going to be 235, basically, if you can get them down 10. Uh, and you know, even if you can't get them down 10, if he's giving you 245 and you only have to put down 10, and he's if he's cool about you know the rest of the financing, he's going to give you at least you know a number of years. This is a good deal. This is a good deal. I don't want you to mess it up. So absolutely. You know, if you have any other questions, uh, shoot us an email. We have to take the next four calls. In yeah. the future. Oh, All right. Yeah, that's I a did. good one. Thank you. Good one. Thank you, Marie. Uh, next in the queue, we have area code eight four seven. Hello, this is Susan. Hi, Lynette and Brian. Well, hello, Susan. She's back, honey. How are you doing, Susan? <laughs> I'm doing good, and I love your I love your uh, shows that you're putting on every week. I was watching the one last week. It was very good. Well, oh, thank, you, thank, thank you. That means a lot to us. Yes. What kind that of deals do you have going on today? Um, actually, I wanted to ask you because I've never had a buyer before, but I think I might be looking for somebody to buy a property that I have, and it's uh, it needs repair. Okay. So I want to know how to do a work for equity. What what do you say to a work for equity buyer? Okay, that's a really good question. First of all, guys, a lot of your houses will sell off of signs, and we have gone through a lot of iterations of signs trying to determine which was the best for these work for equities. Now, we had actually tried the top line. The top line is your most important line. It's gonna, people are either going to read on or not based on your top line. So now we tried work for equity, and we didn't get very, that many calls, not as many as I would have hoped from buyers. And then we tried sweat equity, and we, it did a little bit better. But uh, people don't always understand that, and it's not something that they, I don't know, grasp quickly as they're driving by and calling on a sign. So what we came up with eventually that worked the best for us was back to Ron's basically tried-and-true handyman special across the top. So the first line we usually have is handyman special. Now, here's the key. The USPs on this house are, are uh, you've got to kind of squeeze them in there. Um, and so it's, it's rent to own, and that's what you gotta, you gotta get that across. 
that it's a rent-to-own and bad credit okay. So those are two very important messages. Now, when you're saying handyman special at the top, normally when you're selling a house on lease purchase, you say, you know, rent-to-own home or lease purchase home or depending on your area. Uh, In our area, rent-to-own home works the best. Sometimes some areas are very used to lease purchase, like Jacksonville, for instance, and I know people do lease purchase uh, on their sign there. Um, so the, but on this one, since you can't say rent to own on the top line, you've got to get across that it needs work and handyman special. So you've got to get those next two messages in there somehow, that it's a rent to own and bad credit is okay. And then on the, four, on the third line, we usually like to put something nice about the house. You know, some reason that uh, a four-bedroom is very attractive to people. If you got a four-bedroom, always advertise it. That should always be near the top. You know, own this beautiful four-bedroom. Uh, that's that's you know, you want to get that up close to the top because mostly you're going to deal with three and twos. Mostly three-bedroom, two baths. Sometimes even three and ones. Uh, two and ones are kind of tricky, but sometimes you know, if you if anything works, if people want to live there, so. Uh, you know, but three, four bedrooms are are nicer. Okay, so um, you're going to get the messaging out for handyman special. That's the basic messaging right there. Is just handyman special, rent to own, bad credit. Okay, that alone will draw a lot of traffic. Now you're going to put that out just like you know we advertise everything. But like I said, anytime you're selling a house, probably I don't know. Depending on your area, 50% or more of your buyers could possibly come from. Uh, just seeing your signs, especially now if you do an open house. Now, that's our best way to sell houses. We are absolute open house maniacs, and we, if we have a house to sell, we know it's going to sell in, 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 at an open house. But we do a special kind of open house where it's only a one-hour open house. It's not like some realtor open house like you've heard of or, or seen before. This is, you know, we try to build a massive amount of urgency. We put up huge decorations. We've got refreshments. We advertise like crazy. We put door hangers out through the neighborhood, tons of signs. We, yeah, and we have like anywhere from 40, 50, 60 people in there during that one hour, and a, a ton of them want that same house. They fill out an application. They give non-refundable option deposit. Um, it's just a frenzy. It creates a frenzy of urgency. So the one-hour sale is a great way, whether you're looking for a work-for-equity buyer, cash-out buyer, or a lease purchase buyer. Right. So now, depending on, like I said, if you want to, if you're buying a house that's kind of rough and you don't want to do the work on it and you just want to turn around and sell it as a work-for-equity, uh, and there's a lot of reasons why you might want to do that, including that you can almost charge almost retail price anyway, uh, because of those two, that second line, rent to own and bad credit okay. Uh, when people hear that and they want to be able to fix up the house the way they want, if it's in a desirable area and if it's not too rough, uh, you know, sometimes it can't be condemned. They can't, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you, you could sell a house that's like near condemned, but people have to live there. So, and you don't want, you know, you want this to be a, a house that they can fix up relatively quickly and have it be a very nice house. So uh, that's our main strategies. Again, open house is the number one strategy we use most often. Uh, but you're going to put right away, anytime you guys get a house, what's the very first thing you do to market it is you get it on Zillow. And you guys all need to have your own Zillow professional profile. So everybody needs to get good at Zillow. Okay, that's, there's a lot of stuff happening on Zillow. They're getting better. 
They have a pretty good mortgage calculator. The only thing I don't like about it is it doesn't give you the pennies, so you can't write a contract off of it. But you can sort of estimate what payments are quickly. Uh, it has a lot of other nice things on there. And, uh, and realestateabc.com is the other one we like to pull. That one displays comps very well and very quickly, all in one little grid pattern. So that's very nice for looking up comps quickly. That's realestateabc.com. And Zillow, everybody's got to get good on Zillow. Like I said, I want you all to have a professional profile on there. Uh, so people will get to know you, and yes, you need a nice picture of yourself. Yes, you should go out and, you know, get your neighbor's kid who's a good photographer or something to get a nice picture with, you know, with a tie-on for gentlemen and ladies, a nice blouse or something, you know, looks professional, maybe with a jacket. Um, so that's going to be on your Zillow professional profile, on your website, on your business card, stuff like that. So when you get your Zillow professional profile up there, and you post your houses immediately. So the first thing, anytime you get a house under contract, you get it up on Zillow. And uh, you may have it. Sometimes we will have houses sold before we get to the open house. And because uh, you're throwing it up there on Monday or Tuesday and you're advertising the open house. And, you know, if you put the right uh, advertising, the right words and verbiage in that ad, you're going to get some calls with some urgency on them even before the open house. So, uh, you know, just get it on Zillow right away. Use the same messaging that we already said and make sure you know plenty of good things about the house. So get it on Zillow. Get it on Craigslist. Uh, get the up, bandit signs out. Yep. Queue up an open house as quick as possible. Uh, you may have a lot more people than you think if you advertise this the right way. And, uh, and you may have it sold really quickly. And, and that's the goal with these handyman specials. You're not doing anything to the house, so you don't have to wait around for workmen to work on it. You don't have to wait around for any banks. You're buying it from the seller. All you got to do is have a contract and get clean title back, and you're good to go. So that's what I like about those work for equities. Thank Did that you answer your question, Susan? Yes, it does. Thank you, guys. Great as awesome. usual. Awesome. Have a, have a great evening. Yeah. You too. Susan, you're awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, I think we have uh, Richard in the queue. Let's see here. Oops, he's in in the queue heaven here. Hold on. He's in queue cyber. No, he's in queue limbo, honey. Queue limbo. <laughs> Richard, are you there? I queue heaven. Uh, yeah, this is Rich from Pennsylvania. Hey, hi, Richard. Great to hear from you again. Oh, I, I just, uh, I, I creep on you guys. I'm always on the phone, you know, whatever you have. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, I got right. two questions. Um, one is, I don't know how, if you could do this in detail, but you know, how do you set up and manage selling ads on Craigslist, especially so that you don't get ghosted? Well, there's... Well, the thing about ghosting, um, I did want to add one quick thing, honey, sorry about ghosting is that obviously there's different IP addresses and I think we did talk about this a while ago um, because we have not only multiple IP addresses um, but we have multiple phone numbers, Craigslist accounts, um, different websites, everything is different. The USPs, we switch it up entirely different when we're posting with our different multiple Craigslist accounts. Every Gmail phone number you have you can create, um, I mean every Gmail account you can 
uh, create uh, a Craigslist account from. So, so guys, what Lynette's saying, and if you have never heard the word ghosting before or any of that or you don't know what the heck anybody's talking about right now, is just you have to have a few different accounts. The more email accounts you have, the more Craigslist accounts you have, and you can use, you can repost several times using different accounts, whereas if you keep reposting using the same account, sometimes they'll block it and it won't go through. And different IP addresses. Yes. So that's another thing. You need people who have different computers. Uh, like, and, you know, if you have your sister and some other people, I mean, you don't have to involve people, but if, this can be helpful if you have a few other people who have IP addresses that you can use. Uh, you can have them help you send out some ads once in a while. So that's what, that's what we're dealing with there. Okay. Good question. And my second question is, um, how do I get a copy of the automation flowchart and that CD you, you mentioned? Well, you have, uh, if you have our what to say and what to do system. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. it's in that package. Yeah, shoot us an email. We'll send you the updated version. And what's your email there? Well, it's, it's all over our, our, you know. Yeah, just read it off of our package or call That's off the number on it. <laughs> Yeah, if you can. Call, call off the number on the system. That will go to Tracy at our office, Tracy. and we'll help you get that. That Tracy. was something from our Facebook, guys, because we're doing some more stuff on Facebook now. So uh, we do have a Teaching Thursday thing that we do that you guys might want to be a part of. Yes, those are two very good questions, Rich, and I thank you and look forward to you next week. we got one more person in the queue, and we got two minutes left, honey. Perfect timing. Thank you, Rich. Okay, we've got uh, Derek, uh, Hi, Eric Code 561. Yeah, this is Zoltan speaking. How are you guys? Zoltan, how are you? Zoltan! An event. Hey, how let's are go you? Play. You want to go play tennis? As long as you don't start crying when I beat you. When a woman beats you in tennis, are you going to start crying? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I, 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 gave you, I gave you four chances to beat me. No, I'm, I'm not giving any more. <laughs> Okay. So, well, you are a tennis you know, pro after all, but um, yeah. that's beside the fact. Okay. So what? Not, not a very good to... one, but I have a quick question for you guys. On the first deal, when Kathy called about her deal, and mm -hmm. the R was uh, optimistically 340, um, mm -hmm. why didn't we just uh, took 80% of that? I, I, my understanding was that we are after if the after, after repair value is over 300 then we're going to take 80% of that and minus repairs. Is that not correct? Right. So if, you, if you're doing 340 times 80, then we've got uh, 40, so 272. Two, two, oh. Well, let's say 290 minus repairs. Yeah, okay, so you, you, we're a little bit more, we've got a little bit more wiggle room. I mean, uh -huh. our, it depends on what your exit strategy is. Now, if you are somebody who wants to do the rehab yourself, uh, and if you have the money to do it and access to funds where you can buy it for cash and, you know, come up and have enough money to do the rehab as well, then that's yeah. one exit strategy. And you might, if you know you can control costs and you know your numbers pretty well, you might be a little bit more, uh, you might feel like you have a little bit more leeway on Ron's formulas. And, guys, I tell yeah. you, I've missed out on deals because, I adhered a little too closely to, you know, some formula. And I, re I regret some of the deals I missed out on to this day. 
So don't stick too much by formulas. Look at how much you're going to make. It's, it's, but know that you know, if, you're, if you're going too far off of uh, Ron's Mayo formula, for instance, that uh, you can get in trouble. And so if you're uh, – but let's say – Here's know, an area. You know, Ron the Grand's Mayo formula is phenomenal, and what he does is he does adjust it according to hot areas. So that's why if you're in a super hot area – uh, Ron recommends that you can adjust that mail slightly. Is that what you mean, honey? Yeah, but but you know, yeah, because my go ahead. My area is my area is uh, usually over 300, and uh, sometimes I'm, I came across with sellers that uh, only wanted to take cash, but with a discount. So uh, that's why I said, uh, okay, how let's, much room? Let's stick with that. What kind of room are you talking about? So let's say you're running into a house that's worth 300. They'll they'll they want cash. What kind of a discount are they talking about? Uh, 285 on a house that's worth around uh, 345. 345. Okay. Well, now have you done any deals with houses like that? No, but they want cash, no financing, right? Yeah. No. No terms. No terms. Just cash. Right. But um, you know, it's it's doesn't need that much repairs. Uh, right. But doesn't doesn't even have room for repairs, to be honest. Well, and if you. Uh, you need somebody to come up with the cash to pay them off. And so, like I yeah. said, if you have access to funds, now there's a couple of ways. If you know that you could do a little bit, if, the, if it only needs like five or ten grand, and you could buy it uh, for two, I don't know, I don't know, 280, let's say, and you could put ten in, and you'd be at like 290, and you could turn around and sell it for uh, 330 by yourself, maybe with a cooperating agent. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to walk away from twenty grand or some some good profit, but there's mm-hmm. it depend, depends on your exit strategy. If you if you have the ca- you know the access to funds and you're just going to turn around and sell it for cash and make some money, uh, that's one yeah. thing. Um, if you're talking about a massive rehab, that's obviously a different story. But you know, Zoltan, yeah. I in the hotter markets. I'm I'm pretty flexible. I'm pretty pragmatic. I, I you know I'll look at a deal and I'll say, look, is there a good way that you know is there somehow thirty grand in this deal if I structure it properly? And there's so many different ways to structure deals, and that's kind of my thing. So uh, a lot of times you can figure out how to make something out of you know something that looks kind of iffy uh, to put it together the right way. Basically, depending on your exit strategy, a lot of times. Uh, but, yeah. you, you know, even if people need to cash out nowadays, uh, I would want you guys going out there and, like Kathy, uh, you know, at least at the minimum getting these things under contract and, and wholesaling them for five or ten grand if possible. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, at least try that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your um, time. Yeah, hey, great to hear from you. Great question. And I will see you guys at the Take Action Seminar. Oh, awesome. That's, so that's just coming up about a month away. Not even that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see you guys there. We look forward to it. Thanks. Me okay. Too. Bye-bye. So, guys, we've just wrapped up for, the, uh, for our calls. Honey, there's actually two more people who snuck in the queue. I don't know if you want to let them in or it's 504. Okay, we'll take two. We'll go fast. Okay. All right. So you're up, Aaron. Last two people that snuck in the queue just now. All right, Aaron. <laughs> <Fair away. laughs> like, I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure if it got in or not. Uh, it's it's like magic. He just magically appeared in the queue. Oh, you're a magician. 
Uh, he snuck yeah. in under the wire. So, all right, what do you got for us? All right, uh, I uh, sent in the lead sheet. Uh, the uh, R, uh, the comps are showing at uh, 206. Okay. Uh, existing mortgage is 138. Uh, they said yes to terms uh, of uh, uh, let's see here, uh, 12,000 down, uh, 980 a month for four years. The uh, existing mortgage payment is 980. That includes PITI. Okay. Uh, uh, Twelve thousand down because they needed to do something like moving money type of thing. Um, yeah, actually they live out of state. Uh, they're so trying is to this twelve thousand over and above the one thirty eight? So is that the one fifty? You're buying it for one fifty? No, they want uh, to sell it for one seventy seven. Oh, one seventy seven. So one seventy seven twelve now, and then they're going to wait on the rest. The difference between the 165 and the mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's you know. What do you think you can get down on that, Aaron? Um, I have no idea. Well, I like the I four years, and I I think you're probably. What do you think you can get per month on that place as for a tenant buyer? Uh, the, it currently has a tenant in it. Uh, he's paying twelve hundred. The rents in the area are between twelve and fourteen hundred. Okay. Um, so, have you agreed to buy it with him in there, or is he moving um, out? Uh, well, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he agreed. Uh, he, they already spoke with him. He agreed to move out when they sold it, and uh, I went to look at it, uh, not telling him any details. But he said they offered for me to buy it. He says, but I can't because my credit's shot. And I, I tried not to drool at that point. Yeah, that's that exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I figured if he can come up with, you know, at least fifteen grand or more, uh, I would make the offer for him to stay in there. I would do that the, in a second. Know. Yeah, I would do that in a second, especially if you like the guy and he seems – what does he do for a living? Uh Chatting with him, he makes pretty good money. Uh, he uh, c does custom auto glass. Okay, that's good. That's a good trade. Um, I would definitely give it to him if he if he could even. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. If he could cover your payment out, the twelve grand they want. Uh, yeah. And then you could just. I mean, because you could probably, as a tenant buyer, you could probably raise his monthly. A couple hundred bucks, maybe to like fourteen hundred. Especially if rents are up to fifteen hundred for that area, and you wouldn't even have yeah. to look for another person. You wouldn't have to have anybody move. Uh, yeah, this would that would be pretty ideal. And that's that's a good point, guys. That if you have somebody who's already in there, you're sort of one of your possible dream scenarios is they want to stay in there and they have enough money to make it worth it. And remember, yeah. now they're going to be responsible for all the maintenance and repairs, and if they were just renting before, they may not be used to that. So make sure you kind of hit them over the head a little bit with that, that when they give you the big option deposit, they're also taking on the responsibility of all the maintenance and repairs on the property. Um, but, yeah, if, if that's a great scenario because, you know, not that I don't like having a buyer-generating machine, and every time you buy a house that's vacant – you got a buyer generating machine because you can just do big open houses and and you know find a bunch of buyers. But it's so it's so nice if they're already in there and they can have enough money. Usually, what you run yeah. into though is usually they don't have enough money down. 
but especially yeah. if you have to come up with 12. Now, if you had if you had gotten this deal for no money down, it's still a good deal with 12 down. But if you could have got it for no money down, then even if you would have had five down, it would have been you would have been cash positive at the at the beginning. Uh, but yeah. you know what? I like this deal. I like the four years. Like I said, uh, the payment's low, so you're you know you're probably going to have as much as a, as a five hundred dollar positive monthly cash flow on this over the four years because you're going to bump the rent a little bit uh, every yeah. month, every year or two probably. And so. Go ahead. It does need a little bit of work when I look at it. I would guess maybe about ten thousand dollars of. He said the well, and that's another. That would be another nice thing about him staying in it. If he would take it as is, if he would take it as is, that'd be awesome. Now, if you do, uh, well, let's see. So he wants. What do you think the uh, the comps are again? Uh, the comps have it at about two hundred and six. Okay, and and he wants one sixty five. Was that it? One seventy seven. 177. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like a huge spread and 10 grand in work, but the financing is good. Um boy, that's but now hmm, if it's 10 grand in work plus he wants 12 down, okay, now I'm liking this deal a little bit less. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. If it was uh, one or the other, honey. Like said, though, no wait. See, here's where you got to get clever with your exit strategies. If the guy is already in there, and if he would come up with about ten grand down for you, and he would agree to do the repairs on the house, he's already living in there. He knows what it's like. He's he's not yeah. complaining about it, you know. And you would uh, you would have him responsible for fixing it up. It'd be a handyman special, and you give him a good. And he's a handyman type. Yeah, and you give him a good purchase price, and uh, that's where you save this deal. That's where you don't have to pay that ten grand. Because you have him yeah. pay it, and he doesn't even have to move out. So I think so, you may uh, have the perfect ex- exit strategy already in place. You just got to have yeah. – I, I would get it under contract with your seller, you know, for the best deal. I, I, I wish you could get it for less than 177 That seems – with the work, you know, with the work it needs, you know, 10000 is a decent amount of work. But, you know, yeah. if you can't get them, I, I don't want you to – I don't want you guys being so too aggressive on the price when you're getting financing because the financing is more important than the price, especially if you get four years because over those four years, that 177 is going to get paid down. And, uh, you know, the mortgage is going to get paid down over that time quite a bit. And you're, you get the benefit of that. So you're building in, you know, you're making money every month as it goes along, not just on your positive cash flow, but on your more, you know, the principal balance reduction on the mortgage, people forget about that. So yeah, good point. Yep. So I would definitely get that thing under contract as quick as possible, and then really approach the guy in there and see what he could come up with down. All right. Well, I'm dropping the contract in the mail uh, tonight. Uh, the other question I would with the uh, binder deposit at ten dollars. Um, is that something that I should send them a check, or should I wait till I get a signed contract back and then send them the ten dollars? I would send them a check. I would send them a check with the contract, guys. You want to make it easy for them to sign the contract, and the easiest way, if he just says, "Oh, here's the check and everything," all I have to do is sign at the bottom here, where it says, "You got to put an X at the bottom." Now, remember, not just the bottom, bottom where they sign their name to agree to the agreement. Also, down there where it says. I agree that I received this money, 
okay? And so write yeah. the dollar amount of the money in there, the $10 check in there, and then it even says check or cash, and check, you know, check, 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 check. <laughs> check. So check, check, and then uh, send the check with it, absolutely. If you're mailing, anytime you're FedExing, the problem is most, so many contracts nowadays, we're sending them DocuSign and, you know, we're emailing them around and you can't get physical funds easily to people. But if you're emailing or FedExing or something to somebody like a seller, always include the check in there. Let's face it, they can always tear it up or, you know, not use it. It's only 10 bucks anyway, but that could seal the deal. All right. Hey. Absolutely. All right. Great question, right. Darren. Way to go to get Okay. That. We got our last question. Thank you. Thank you. Here's our last question in the queue. Jacksonville, area code 904. You're in the queue. Hi. Good evening. <clears throat> this is Amal from Jacksonville. Hi. How are you tonight? Amal. Okay. Doing great. Doing great. I know it's late, and I haven't had a chance to send in lead sheets. I have two potential deals. Should I give you the rundown real quick? Yes, as quickly as possible. We're already in overtime. Yes, sir. Number one, it's a condo. It's a 3 by 2 1,500 square foot. Uh, the lady who owned it passed away. Her daughter is, um, lives about 30 miles away. She wants to sell the place. And uh, the lady's son lives in North Carolina. They don't need the place. I have The house is still in probate, actually, by the way. Um, it has a new AC, has been replumbed recently, custom cabinets and all that. It's okay, what's the R? What do you think it's worth? Uh, they're asking for 109. The closest I've been able to find the estimate is 103. However, I've seen similar places advertised for about 120 to 130 in the same neighborhood. Okay, so 109 they're asking. Okay, me. did you ask them if they do anything with financing, give you any time? Remember, guys, that's what you're asking. I mean, basically, whether you're saying owner financing or the words coming out of your mouth are lease purchase or subject to, you never say subject to, by the way, but whether it's owner financing or lease purchase, all you're ever asking people is for is a little time. So just keep remembering that. You're just asking for time. You're hoping for at least a couple of years, but the more time, the better. So did you ask her for time? I haven't asked for time because the place is still in probate, and that's, that's one of the big questions. All right, well, this is like we talked about earlier on these inherited properties. You've got two people in the equation here, a brother and a sister. Right. And, you know, if the, the deal on the thing, they're asking too much. They're asking, you know, usually you, we would need some kind of deal. Now, the house is in good condition. The only way that this could be a deal is if they would do terms and they'd both have to agree on it, and probably both their spouses would have to agree on it because that's part of it too. But, you know, you, you're going to have to come to some kind of consensus to make this thing happen. This is not really a, you know, it's not really a good deal until you find out whether or not they'll do give you some time to pay them off in full. The other thing you need to find out on a condo is if they will allow long-term rentals Basically, when you're selling a property on a lease purchase, which is the way we make our, most of our money in the pretty house world, you've got to be able to long-term lease purchase it to them for you know, a year, two years, three years, that kind of thing. And some of the condos have issues with that, some of the condo uh, associations. So check on that too. Okay, tell us about the second deal. All right. This is a 4 by 2 highly desirable area of Jacksonville, um, 2,900 square feet. They're asking for 325 They've been renting the place for five years. Looks like they're tired of being a landlord. 
Okay. Uh, they are amenable to either seller financing or um, what do you call um, lease uh, purchase, lease, lease type situation. Okay. Long term lease. So um, they're currently renting the thing for uh, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred, something like that. I did a check. Looks like the current uh, rental in that area for that that size uh, house is about twenty two hundred. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, what I would do, they're already leasing it. Have you talked about how long they would give you? I mean, when you said that's that's the big question. Here's the thing on pretty house deals, and I'm going to say this time blue in the face. You guys need to get four things worked out. If you do not get these four things worked out, you can't write the contract. If you can't write the contract, you can't move forward. So everybody needs to get these four things down. I don't mean to be uh, uh, hectoring people on this, but the first thing is purchase price. The second thing is monthly payment. The third thing is term, how long they're giving you, the, ter- the length of time. And number four is the down payment. Now, a lot of times you're getting these things for nothing down, and you're getting them, you know, for a long term. That's what, obviously, the longer term, the better. Uh, Purchase price is important, but I'll tell you what, you can pay retail price if you get a good long term. And the monthly payment, obviously, you'd like to have some positive cash flow there. So, uh, so now, what, the the, the key on this one, too, uh, what's their asking price on this one? 325. 325, and what do you think it's worth? What kind of comps have you seen? Uh, about 343. Okay. Uh, do they seem, would they be flexible on that price? Again, I'm not so concerned about the price. Would they, would they do a lease purchase with you for $1,500 a month and give you like mm, three years with a three-year renewal? Okay, I haven't brought the deal to them yet. And that's okay, that's probably, no, but you've, they've already okay. said that they'd be willing to do something, you know, give you some kind of time. So basically the way I would approach this is I would try, now you, you're in Florida, so Florida has a decent amount of closing costs. They have doc stamps and some other stuff. And uh, Arizona, it's super cheap to buy a house. Uh, you guys got to know what your closing costs are in your state, what it costs to actually buy and take ownership of a house. Uh, some people will automatically do a lease purchase on everything, sandwich lease purchase because of their closing costs. So depending on how long they'll give you. Now, if, if they'll give you like five or ten years on an owner financing deal, I'd probably rather do that. However, they've already been renting this house out, and sometimes it's just easier to transition from a rental property to a rent-to-own property. It doesn't really make that much difference to you, except the closing is way cheaper, which is nice. And, uh, you know, you, you still have the same terms. You still bought for the same price. However, one plus a lot of times is if you do an owner financing deal, they'll get it in their head that they want a bunch of money down, like 10%. Pops in their head. All of a sudden, they need money down, 10%. They get, and it's like some fictional, mythical number they get. Uh, but that happens, and, it, and then you revert to a lease purchase strategy, and you say, maybe I could give you, you know, last month, first and last month or something like that. And they say, okay, I guess so. And all of a sudden, you've just negotiated away a $20,000 down payment with essentially the same deal to you. So, guys, that's a huge tip I just said there. If you guys are still taking notes, that's a huge tip. If people, if you're pitching them an owner financing deal and they want a huge amount down, like 10%, 
and you switch to a lease purchase strategy, a lot of times they'll just take like first and last month's rent and and be good with it. So and 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 basically give you the same length of time. So that's a big. That is a really really good tip. I hope you guys all wrote that down. So that's maybe how I would approach this one. Again, uh, you know, I I wouldn't argue too much about their purchase price. I'd I'd probably volunteer to pay whatever the people are paying now. Uh, and the other thing that you guys got to find out, what's the story of who's in there right now? Uh, the house is currently vacant. The okay, that's good. That's always very good. If you got a rental like that, because that, that represents pain. Uh, it means they're making payments on an empty house, and that's pain. So uh, have you gone inside and seen the inside on this? Yes, I have. What kind of uh, is it in? It's an excellent shape. Matter of fact, they were putting a new roof on it when I went and looked at the thing. Wow. And uh, okay. if it doesn't sell, then they plan to stick it in the MLS and add the price of the roof to it. Oh, don't, don't let them then, sell it now. I mean, don't let them do that. <laughs> yeah, I would try to tie, tie this up and, uh, you know, get it under contract, get the best, you know. I, I, if you're going to do a lease purchase, like I said, and sometimes that's easier, but sometimes they want done. So if people think, okay, well, I don't want to drag this out in a lease purchase, technically you're still a renter and you have the option to buy, but you might not buy. And that is true. Uh, however, not true in our world. We always buy because we're not going to let a big back end get away. Exactly. Yeah, but in, you know, in their mind they may think that. So a lot of times they feel more reassured if you say, okay, we're just going to go ahead and buy it. And then you take it in your company's name. And it, like I said, it costs a little bit more to close. Uh, in most states that way, but uh, not not a big deal. You don't want to blow the deal over it. So if they just want to sell and technically be done with it, although they're carrying a mortgage against it and you're making payments to them, uh, that, then you just go that way. Either way, it works for you. That's the great thing. We can be flexible however they want to do it. But you, you pick how you would want to approach it. Uh, I would probably, just because they've been – See, now I don't know what they want to sell it or, or if they want to rent it. I, I would probably approach it uh, as a lease purchase, and then I'd go and then, you know, and see what their reaction was. And, and if they said, well, no, we kind of just really want to just sell it, or, you know, you could always ask them, do you want to lease purchase it to me or would you rather sell it to me with owner financing? They seem savvy if they have a rental. So, you know, they might have an opinion about it, and you can do it either way. So I would, but I would definitely, because of the cash flow, because they are, they're leaving a huge amount of money on the table every month, and it's sitting there vacant, and uh, you know, I, and it's in great shape. And now, and, and the other thing you got to work out is how much they want down. And so, like I said, that's why I like the lease purchase strategy because usually they don't ask for so much down. Usually, not much at all. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. One quick question. If in the case of a lease purchase, would you have them do the, because the house has a mortgage on it, would you have them do the mortgage payments or would you yes. take Yes, guys, the, if, you, if you buy the property and your, the house is in your company's name, then you should pay the mortgage company directly. But if it's in their name and you are a lease purchase tenant, you pay them and then you expect them to pay the underlying mortgage. Now, I want you, that's actually a good point. I want you guys to get the information on that underlying mortgage because there's a thing called equity skimming where some landlords could potentially take your payment and I hate to break it to you, 
um, shattering your naivete. But some people will pocket that money and not pay the mortgage company, and then people end up losing their rights to the house. They have to pay, catch up the mortgage if they even want to keep their interest. So that's why I want you to ask for uh, from the seller uh, some kind of way that you can track the mortgage payments, some kind of uh, you know what their mortgage uh, what their mortgage is, just somewhere you can track it on the internet and see that it's getting paid every month. Or if they want to forward you the receipt of their payment or whatever, some way that you can track it. Now, if you completely, absolutely trust these people and they would never risk their credit by doing something like that, uh, or if they have a bunch of money coming in the deal, if they got another 50000 coming in a deal, you almost hope they stop paying because it would be pretty easy for you to just catch up their money and then they forfeit all that other money. So, uh, but th- I'm going in deep into the weeds here right at the end, so <laughs> I don't want to confuse you guys. But just uh, try, you should try to track, if they have no more money coming out of the transaction and you're expecting them to make payments to an underlying mortgage, you know, do what you can to track that they are definitely making those payments. That's my advice to the wife. All right. Okay? All right. Thank you so much. That's Appreciate a good, that at some. Thank you so much. I would get going on that one quickly because that sounds like a good, definitely a good one and a desirable area in town, too, so that's extra good. Yeah, Absolutely. great questions. Great questions. All right. What, what a fantastic call. Ten we miles have. from Ron's place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's even better. That's even better. You've got to let us know when you get this deal. That's right. <laughs> a little competition. I shall do so. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for staying late and taking my question. Thank you so much. Oh, Appreciate you bet. it tremendously. Okay. So we're all wrapped up, guys. Another awesome alumni call. Yes. This was awesome. Now, um, obviously, don't forget to come to the uh, alumni um, meeting and the Taking Action, August 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Yep, that's coming up. It's at the Sheraton in Jacksonville. I'm not sure which Sheraton, but you can call around. Yeah, when you get registered, they'll send you the hotel information. But it's going to be awesome, life-changing, and we're super excited to see you at the next event. Yep, or at a quick start or wherever we see you. Just uh, get get out and see us again. And uh, in the meantime, get out there and buy some. action. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night.